Hey everybody, this is Dan Trottencheck with the Taking Care of Business podcast. And today we're going to start out with uh, what's going to become a regular feature on these podcasts where we're going to be checking in with our friends from the Farnsworth Group and Home Improvement Research Institute on a quarterly basis, just trying to get a better pulse of what they're seeing in the market, what kind of research uh, is going on and what that research is revealing. Uh, so our first guest uh, from our friends over at TFG and HIRI, one of the many acronyms out there, is uh, Grant Farnsworth. Uh, Grant, thank you so much for coming on the program. Yeah, Dan, it's always fun uh, having a conversation with you all. Appreciate it. Well, uh, you know, here we are. We're sitting in the month of May, and it's already been a pretty interesting year, but we've made it through Q1. So I guess I kind of want to start with talking to you a little bit about what Heary and Farnsworth is seeing going on out there through the first quarter. Um, I know from NHPA's perspective, uh, the word of the first quarter has been weather and not in a good way and not W-H-E-T-H-E-R, but W-E-A-T-H-E-R. Um, and it just seems like weather has continued to play like this outsized role in home improvement activity, retail sales through the industry where it doesn't matter if it's been too hot or too cold or too rainy or too snowy or not snowy enough, but the weather just does not seem to want to cooperate. And here we are mid-May and a lot of us are still wondering if spring is ever going to come. But but what are you yeah. guys seeing out there, Grant? Yeah, I'll give maybe a couple of perspectives. Um, you know, the first would be as the Farnsworth Group, you know, our job is to you know help our clients, manufacturers and suppliers make better strategic decisions. Um, and we use custom research to do that. And so we have a lot of conversations day in, day out, week in, week out with, with a number of manufacturers that span across a wide range of categories. And what I can tell you is um, the doom and gloom scenario that maybe people were talking about at, 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 in Q4. Um, didn't seem to pan out maybe as, as bad right. as, as we expected. Um, I think we're hearing from a lot of our clients, a lot on the supply side too, that you know top line is holding because of those price increases, because of inflation, unit volumes are down, I think subject to the category that you're in. Um, there, there may be some, some overstocking starting to happen. So that availability conversation now is starting to become much more nuanced over the last few months than where right. we were um, you know, uh, finishing up the end of last year. Um, uh, when we look at some of the, the fundamentals of, you know, housing starts and things like that, again, I think we're coming out of this, oh my gosh, the sky's going to fall. And now that we're, we've got Q1 behind us, it's okay. It's not all sunshine and roses ahead, but we're not going to lose 20% home values. Um, you know, we're not going to be, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a stalemate for 18 months of new construction. Um, right. activity is still happening. Uh, we're starting to see, um, consumer confidence, slightly tick up. We're starting to see builder confidence slightly tick up um, in the first quarter. So that's a positive. We're starting to see housing starts slightly tick up in the first quarter. So that's a positive. So again, I don't know that there's major positives out there, Dan, to your point, you know, the weather has played an element in, in a lot of uncertainty and kind of when are we starting the season? When are we not starting the season? But I would say that as we've finished up Q1, I think we're coming out of it feeling better than when we went into it, um, based on certainly some of the conversations and the data that we look at as well. Yeah. And I, I just think most of our listeners are probably tired of the uncertainty. And, yeah. and I think, you know, you touched on a couple things that we continue to hear from retail. Um, uh, most of the retailers we talk to are telling us that 
uh, focusing on inventory is mm-hmm. kind of a big priority for this year. I mean, really, the the, the two things we hear is, is we got to get our inventory right because we're over-inventoried in a lot of areas and maybe not correctly inventoried in other areas. And then the whole uh, employee productivity, employee engagement is really the other thing that we continue to hear is that as our payroll costs continue to go up, we really need to focus on driving employee productivity. Yeah, this this labor thing, we're starting to see it, uh, interestingly, um, you know, come up a little bit more in conversations with pros um, about, you know, some obviously supply side is, is, is a big challenge, sure. um, you know, getting not only help, but good help, quality help right. um, yeah. at a price that you can afford. And, and we're starting to see contractors you know, say similar things. We see that as a pain point for homeowners as well. So if they're not hiring pros, why aren't you hiring pros? Well, because it's, 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 it's too expensive. The timelines are too long. Um, so, yeah, th- this labor thing is, is just not going away anytime soon. Well, as it relates to some of the markets that, that Farnsworth and here he takes a close look at, why don't you also share with us, what do you guys have kind of in the in the cooker, if you will, as far as research? What, what, what do you have that's recent? What do you have that's coming out that our, our listeners might want to kind of uh, take a look at? Yeah, uh, real excited for some things that we've got coming up, particularly this fall. So uh, at the Farnsworth Group, we do an annual uh, workshop, a true engaging workshop where manufacturers, suppliers and industry leaders come together to discuss topics. We use uh, some some recently captured research as the backdrop. Uh, that's happening October 11th and 12th in Denver, Colorado. So really excited about that event. Um, small group. So sign up fast if you want to sign up. Um, Heary has their uh, annual summit as well. That's in September, at the end of September. Um, in Chicago, you can go to HIRI.org to learn more about that. So some really good events coming up where we're going to be in front of our colleagues and peers. And I think, you know, provide a really good roundtable for discussion on what we're all seeing, what's working, you know, what are we thinking in the back half of this year? And then certainly what are we thinking? I mean, already, Dan, we're already starting to talk about, well, what's 2024 going to be looking like? Oh so gosh, a lot yeah. of those conversations are happening through some of the events and the research that we're, we're, we're putting out there. Well, you know, and and really, how much can change between now and 2024? It's not like the Fed's going <laughs> to raise interest rates. It's not like we're going to have an expanding ground war in Eastern Europe. Who knows? Oh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. So, nothing so, happening. Not, nothing to drive change, right? <laughs> well, and all the more reason why we're going to be checking back in with you guys on a more regular basis here on Taking Care of Business podcast. So Grant, awesome. we really thank you for for checking in and, and happy to have you as a guest kind of coming up uh, on a more regular basis as we move forward. Always, always good to hear you guys' insights. Uh, looking forward to it. Appreciate the opportunity, Dan. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Grant. Everybody who's on the listener side, stay tuned and we will be back in just a couple of seconds after this word from our sponsors and continue with the rest of the Take Care of Business podcast. For 17 years, the North American Hardware and Paint Association has recognized innovative, passionate retailers who are leading their operations and the independent home improvement industry at large with strategic investments focused on preserving independence and growing the channel. These retailers are recipients of the NHPA Top Guns Award. At the 2023 NHPA Independence Conference, join us for one final networking opportunity as the grand finale of the event. Celebrate new connections and introduce yourself to this year's Top Guns honorees over cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. This reception is sponsored by Steel and the National Hardware Show. 
Register for the NHPA Independence Conference by July 26th at yournhpa.org conference. Well, thanks so much, Eric, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on the Top Gun Award. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for the award. It's yeah, an honor. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's well, well deserved. So um, just kind of take us back to the beginning. How did you get involved in the, in the industry? Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm a third generation retailer. So my grandfather opened our first store in 1957. Uh, my dad took over running it in the, uh, the early 1980s. And uh, my my very first childhood memories are climbing on potting soil and hanging out with dad at the hardware store. Um, I think when I was about 11, uh, my grandfather started having me, uh, when I'd show up after school, uh, pump kerosene out of a 55-gallon drum and put it into a glass container and put a little 49-cent sticker on it, put it on the shelf. Then I got promoted to sweeping up the nails and sorting the nuts and bolts. Big promotion. Um, and then <clears throat> uh, really retail became kind of my future uh, when my dad opened our, our Palo Alto location in 1993. Uh, I was in high school and um, that's also when we were, there was our first computerized store. And uh, that's when I really... I would come home from college on the weekends to make sure that we were we were well staffed. I would work every summer, um, and that's where I really started learning uh, learning true retail. Um, I then came back <clears throat> after my studies at UC Davis. Um, I came back with the intent of working for mom and dad for a year while I figured out if I wanted to go to law school or go work uh, as a political consultant. And um, in that year time frame, my dad was great about really stepping back and letting me step up and, and into a leadership role. Mm-hmm. And that's when it kind of hooked me how much I enjoy, um, you know, the hardest part of our business is the people and that's the part I enjoy. So um, I very quickly realized like, hey, this could be for me. I like the entrepreneurship. I like managing people. Um, I love solving customers' problems. So my my start was really, I would have been 99 uh, when I was full-time back. And uh, uh, I think somewhere in that summer, I realized like, man, I love working with these quirky Stanford students who are trying to build, you know, nuclear reactor models out of PVC and widgets from the Hillman room. Uh, so that that's when I really got engaged. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about the company overall. So you're located in um, California. So how many locations do y'all have? And uh, so today we have uh, five locations. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. my grandfather's original location is closed. But um, so we are in Palo Alto, Redwood City, San Mateo, Belmont, and Half Moon Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have one um outdoor power equipment and rentals shop that is an expansion effectively out of our Half Moon Bay location. We just ran Mm. out of space. No. So, but my, I live in Redwood City. Uh, That's where I went to high school. I know the market really well. And we were able to put a Mm -hmm. store back in there um, eight years ago. So nine years ago. 
Yeah, actually, uh, this summer I got to visit your Redwood City location yeah. and loved um, loved seeing the store. It's a, such a cute. It's okay if I call it cute store. I mean, it's just an adorable store. It's just <laughs> so well laid out, and it's just really pretty. And oh my gosh, that back um, garden area center that you guys have is phenomenal. Yeah, it was. Um, that that's the store that I look to as our model going forward. That's what I want all of our stores to look like. And mm-hmm. with that building, fortunately, we have a nice wide open plan, and I was able to really emphasize our strong categories, paint, lawn and garden and, and, uh, fasteners. Um, so the space allows it, uh, my other, my other buildings are a little funky. California buildings can be a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as cool as the store was, I was way more impressed with your people there. Um, your employees were just, just above and beyond, um, you know, just interacting with customers and whatnot. So kind of talk us, talk us through your company culture and, and why it's been so important to your success. Uh, sure. I, I, that is my passion. Um, our, mm-hmm. our core values, our mission and vision statement, um, that is something that is at the front of everything we do. Um, uh, in fact, I, I can remember the exact moment when I realized we needed to shift gears. Um, mm-hmm. I was back at an ACE event and Linda Small was presenting um, about DISC. This would have been mm-hmm. 2012. Okay. And <clears throat> at the time we had four stores and I was constantly struggling to figure out why can't we be consistent? Why do I get such a wildly different experience in, mm-hmm. in between the stores? And as she was presenting and as I was reading through my disc profile, I realized I was the problem. Um, I, I, I had not been intentional with how I explained our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not been intentional about how we communicated, um, especially to the different styles of how people receive information. Um, and it was at that moment, I kind of, uh, Mark Shuline, a former Top Gun winner was sitting right next to me. Um, I kind of drew a line in the sand for myself at, mm-hmm. at that meeting and said, I need to work with Linda. I need to get intentional about all these things. So mm-hmm. 2000 and, um, and thir- well, beginning of 2013, we rolled out uh, our core values. We, re- we reworded and reworked to modernize our, our mission and vision statement and <clears throat> brought every- all of our employees together and said, look, um, from this day forward, the most important thing we're going to talk about is not our sales, mm-hmm. um, not what's going to be on ad or promotion. Uh, we're going to talk about core values. Mm-hmm. And we started at first with nine core values. We wanted to be very clear about all the little definitions, communication, mm-hmm. integrity, uh, respect, um, and everything we do. A daily huddle, um, an email communication that goes out to our staff. Um, everything is focused around how does it impact our core values. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, I think it was two years ago, we decided to revisit our core values and, and mm-hmm. make them a little easier to remember. Nine was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shrunk those nine. They're all still there, but they're in our four core values, which is every customer, every time, in it together, do the right thing, not the easy thing, and mm-hmm. communication makes or breaks us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, it requires myself um, uh, and the leadership team to make sure that everything we do comes back to that. So uh, whether it's a customer complaint or a mm-hmm. um, employee concern, uh, we're very focused on how does this affect our core values? What is the right thing to do here? Um, and sometimes it's not the best thing for me. Um, but if it's the right thing for the customer, um, right thing for the employee, we make that decision. Mm-hmm. So it is everywhere. It's in our emails. It's signed on the walls. It's um, how we format You know, my, my manager check-in. Um, we talk about our core values on a, on a daily basis because those values are really how we make sure we have a shared understanding um, across all the stores so we can continue mm-hmm. to grow and maintain who we are. Um, I don't have one store that's got a competitive atmosphere and one store that's got a, a laid back atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very similar in that. And we've seen significant performance improvements um, with that intention. You know, when you hire with intention and, and put those core values first, you mm-hmm. filter out all the people who are going to be a problem down the road. It mm-hmm. might be a, a, a whiz at plumbing, mm-hmm. but if you are not um, focused on the customer, if you are not going to do the right thing with your coworkers, um, you know, play well in, in the break room, et cetera, that's going to be a problem. So mm-hmm. our whole hiring process is, is a filter for core values, looking for people who share those values. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as we progress people from day one through you know, year 25, mm-hmm. um, we're really working on a daily basis and nobody's perfect. It's always mm-hmm. a, a, an, an effort, um, but we focus on it and we find it brings us, um, you can go to any of our stores now and find the same great level of service, uh, the same quality people, um, a fun atmosphere to work in. Um, and it, it's really been a joy to turn the focus around from what do I want to mm-hmm. what do we need to do to be successful? Sure, sure. Yeah, it it's it's so cliche, but the employees of of yours that I've talked to, you know, they consider y'all a family. Like they consider their work um, colleagues family, and I think that really you know comes back to the culture that you've set up. And yeah, your name's on the building, but you know you're so involved in all the, you and the other management too, is so involved in the nitty gritty and involved in your employees and and it shows. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, I mean, one of, um, one of the highlights for me, uh, in my, in the last one, my career, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, has been in 2013, uh, we won for the very first time, uh, a, the, San Jose Mercury best places to work in the Bay area award. Now that was an award I was aware of. Um, mm-hmm. but here I am in the Silicon Valley. I'm surrounded by Facebook, Google, Twitter, all the places that have free car washes and free massages and, mm-hmm. you know, unlimited vacation hours and foosball tables. What in the world am I doing on a list with those in, in the top 100 list with those companies? Um, sure. It is also something we didn't apply for. Mm-hmm. That is an employee nominated award. So yeah. unbeknownst to me, <laughs> one of my employees mm-hmm. nominated us. 
because they recognized the energy and the effort we were putting into treating everybody mm-hmm. with kindness and respect mm-hmm. and doing the right thing for everybody, not just the bottom line. Um, so 2013, we won our first award and I was just dumbstruck with mm-hmm. um, that meant that 80% of our employees filled out a survey and mm-hmm. gave us very high marks across several categories of questions. So the culture was working. Um, and I'm very pleased to say that 10 years later, we've won that award 10 years in a row. That's um, fantastic. So that is uh, one of the very toughest things at the beginning of trying to define the culture is I'm a data guy. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love numbers. Culture is so hard to put into a data set. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get there kind of with surveys, but here was an award that is measuring it for us that I'm not even, you know, I'm not saying employee, you need to take this test so that we can get on this list. Sure. This is them uh, organically generating that and celebrating the fact that they like where they work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's awesome. Um, so one of the reasons that I got to come out and visit you all in California is I was working on a story on technology and um, got to feature you all in your uh, theatro technology. Um, so I know tech is near and dear to your heart. Uh, kind of talk a little bit about what you love about technology and maybe some of the cool highlights of your technology journey um, for Hassa Hardware. Sure. <clears throat> well, I mean, again, where I am, uh, it's very difficult to go anywhere without uh, seeing the impact of, of technology, right? Facebook and Google are right here. Uh, you see the you see the moonshot projects that they're working on, whether it's, you know, all of a sudden everybody's walking around with Google glasses or whatever. So mm-hmm. access to tech, people who are thinking about how to use technology to improve our lives, simplify our lives, streamline and make efficient. Um, it surrounds me. So mm-hmm. I, I'm partly a product of that, uh, that community. Uh, for us in the hardware store, <clears throat> there's a really sad statistic out there that, that Ace will share that says that 7% of our customers who come in the store get meaningful um, assistance in the mm-hmm. aisle. 7%, mm-hmm. or, sorry, it's actually uh, 7% of an employee's time is spent mm-hmm. giving meaningful assistance to a customer in the aisle. Okay. And as I look at retail and the future of retail, you know, you've got price, product, and and, uh, and placement, right? So mm-hmm. are you convenient? Do you have good service? And are your prices good? And you really need to choose one to be your main uh, differentiator. Mm-hmm. So for us, and this is something that was instilled from day one with my grandfather, we've always been about service. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't, I, I love exploring what technology can do to make it easier for our employees to be less task oriented and more service oriented. I mm-hmm. want my meaningful time in the aisle to be more like 40 or 50%. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of tasks that still have to have to happen at a store. So mm-hmm. early on, I would say, most of my energy went into trying to find ways to keep the employees on the floor and Mm -hmm. eliminate back office stuff. So order point calculations, what can we do to simplify and and make it 
so that all they really need to think about is, is a product on the shelf and am I helping customers? Mm -hmm. um, now that we have a really good system for that, mm -hmm. there's almost no human intervention in our ordering process, uh, except mm -hmm. for some seasonal type things, uh, the, those things that you really do need to be touchy feely with. Mm -hmm. uh, but our, our assortment pretty much replenishes itself with very minimal intervention. Okay. Um, so over the last, oh, I'd say 10 years, I keep exploring how do we enable our employees to spend more time mm -hmm. customer facing. So um, some recent ones, um, pilots that we're testing. Um, so one, uh, we're doing a test of digital bin tags. Mm -hmm. uh, now, surface level, that may sound really great to a lot of mm -hmm. dealers because price changes are a pain in the butt and they're very labor yep. intensive. And yep. <clears throat> there's also all sorts of pitfalls with having the wrong prices and how do you manage your margin? Mm -hmm. um, the ROI on digital bin tags, if you just run some calculations there, it's pretty long. It's an expensive mm -hmm. technology. And just doing price changes is going to take 10 to 12 years to, to pay that back. Mm. But as I researched it, um, I found that, okay, can we do other things which are going to make it easier for the staff? So when we have a special order, can we flash the, the light on the tag so that the employee can easy, more easily find it? Mm -hmm. uh, when we do our mango counts, which is part of our inventory accuracy process, um, can we light up all those tags so that you can mm -hmm. walk down an aisle and very quickly identify those items? Because when you're mm -hmm. looking at a spreadsheet on a phone mm -hmm. or on a piece of paper, those those descriptions don't necessarily jump out at you exactly what that item is. Sure. So we're trying that. Um, mm -hmm. The Theatro piece that, that um, we talked about when you visited, mm -hmm. um, there's a huge chunk of our communication that our employees hear in their ear while they're helping a customer, while they're checking out a customer, mm -hmm. while they're doing a task that they don't need to hear. They don't need mm -hmm. to know that Susie's going on break right now. Yeah. Um, the Theatro platform allows us to target where those messages are going. It allows mm -hmm. employees to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. and the whole staff doesn't need to know about a pricing issue or a challenge that they're trying to solve. Maybe it's just yeah. the paint manager needing to talk to uh, the receiving manager about uh, what's going on in the back room with a, the with a product. Mm -hmm. So we've been trying that and we have effectively eliminated about 50% of the broadcast transmissions to everybody. Wow. Um, my ambition is to get that even further um, mm -hmm. lower because we still have employees that don't necessarily leverage it to its fullest. Um, mm -hmm. But from a, you know, when I'm working in the aisle with a customer, I don't need to hear that Susie's going on break. That yeah. has uh, improved our employees' sanity and uh, ability to pay attention. Mm. Um, my my newest uh, adventure is we now have a <clears throat> a robot um, from Badger that is going to be cruising our aisles every night, mm. and it's going to identify um, three key things. Uh, one is price errors. Do we have the mm. wrong price tag up? Is it an old price tag? Is it in, um, an old sale item? Weights and measures in California is a, is a real thing. They like to yeah. throw fines at us. Um, so we'll identify those. Okay. We'll also identify outs. So it won't mm -hmm. be able to tell me the difference between if we have two or four on the shelf, but it will be able to say, there's no product here 
and you say you've mm-hmm. got four, mm-hmm. uh, which um, which translates to the whoever's assigned to that aisle to maintain it, keep it looking pretty and stocked. Mm-hmm. They now get a, a morning report that is going to show them actionable items that they need to go take care of right away. Mm-hmm. Now, not that they're not going to eventually catch that, but if sure. I can cut that time they need to spend to make their aisle look great from yeah. an hour down to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. that's going to be much more effective. Yeah. Um, and then the third, the third thing it will do is it's going to start identifying products that um, are in the wrong place. And whether mm-hmm. that is somebody hung it up in the wrong spot or made a new home for it, um, the customer put it back in the wrong spot, or, you know, especially in aisles with a lot of shelves, there's, there's a, there's product migration where it will mm-hmm. squeeze over and move and then it's in the wrong spot, got the wrong tag in front. So um, I, my hope is uh, that rather than send an employee for an hour down an aisle, to mm-hmm. try and catch all these things that this will make it so that they have a to-do list that is mm-hmm. very quick and easy. And again, you can walk away from a to-do list much easier than where was I in the aisle on working on this thing? Yeah. So it still keeps them in the aisle, which is where our customers are, mm-hmm. uh, but they're more, much more efficient with their tasking. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to come out and visit again when you get your robot. So I got to visit Busy Beaver and their robot over the summer too. You know, all of these technologies, I I get these questions a lot about, okay, how Mm -hmm. are you able to reduce staff because of it? Mm -hmm. And that's not my intention at all. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big things that culturally I work on with the team to make them understand everything I'm doing is not to replace you. It mm-hmm. is to make it so that we can take that 7% of your time and make it sure. 50% of your time because service is going to be our differentiator today, tomorrow, the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want them heads up and looking for those customers to provide the great service that you got to see in action mm-hmm. in our yep. stores. Um, yep. Because I, I think there's a lot of retail out there, not necessarily in the hardware section segment, but um, as I visit, visit other retailers, um, they're using technology to cut um, heads, right? They're basically, mm-hmm. you go into a depot right now and it's almost all self-checkout. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to lower their employee overhead. Um, that's the opposite of what I want to do. I still sure. want, the most important part for me is customer walks in, gets that friendly greeting, the magic mm-hmm. question, and we're, we have the time and knowledgeable staff to take them and build that relationship mm-hmm. because yeah. humans love relationships. And uh, without those, it becomes very easy to become um, pessimistic and just mm-hmm. go, well, I'm just going to use whatever online retailer they prefer uh, if I'm not going to get any service with it. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, and I think that you guys have been a great example of implementing different levels of technology. Like, yeah, the robot's super cool, but that's obviously not applicable to a whole lot of, you know, maybe not, you know, not every retailer is going to be able to afford or need a robot. So um, I know we kind of talked before, um, I mean, you do things as simple as, was it, is it a Google doc that you set up for your, um, like to track your delivery vans yeah. yeah. So, but like things as simple as that, yeah. you know, all the way this, to the robot. Um, I, I remember when, um, you know, my dad was still more involved with, well, 
when, when my dad was more involved in the business, the number mm. of file cabinets that we had, we were seeing <laughs> daily journal receipts and you know, we had file cabinets dedicated to saving all these documents. And it always seemed mm. wasteful to me in terms mm-hmm. of paper, in terms of time, in terms of, it turns out every time you needed to pull an old receipt anyway, we couldn't find it because the filing hadn't been kept up. Sure. So I have been on a mission for as long as I can remember to eliminate paper where I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what, you, what happens to that piece of paper? Lord knows. Yes. Um, so we have, um, we've been leveraging multiple technologies. Google was one of them um, to take care of our checklists and our procedures. So um, most of our staff has, or we have enough Zebra devices in our stores where most of our staff has one with them at all times. Mm-hmm. On that device, we've got quick links that go to whatever task or checklist that they need to do for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, vehicle checklist is a good example of, um, we had an incident, and this is probably 10 years ago, where mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a minor incident. Insurance wanted to know if we'd kept up the maintenance on our vehicles, and we had been, but there used to be a clipboard and a piece of paper, and Lord knows where it was. Um, So now they click on a button that um, launches the vehicle checklist form. We know the store it's being done at. We know the vehicle it's being done at. We know the mileage. They check the oil, the tires, blah, blah, blah. Everything is there. And when they submit that, now it's in my database forever. Um, Mm -hmm. So I can go back and look at the last six years worth of inspections on all of our vans, all of our forklifts. It's all right there. Um, More important, I mean, that one is a great safety feature for if I get audited or sued or need insurance proof. Sure. Um, We do, we use a lot for our, uh, again, for our culture. So Mm -hmm. we have a cashier observation form. and we actually encourage all of the staff, not just the management, to do cashier observations on a regular basis. I think every employee is supposed to do one once a week. Okay. Um, and it's real simple. They just tap on buttons as they're watching a cashier go through the motions, mm-hmm. um, but they're able to capture. Did they, were they pleasant and kind? Did they ask for their uh, rewards membership? Did they mm-hmm. count back the change properly? Mm-hmm. And then we can take that data because it's all main, managed in a, in a giant spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. But we sit down later with that employee to say, see how they're doing. Manager can very quickly see all of their transactional history going back for a while. And if there's mm-hmm. challenges, like they're always forgetting to thank the customer, mm-hmm. it's highlighted right there. And we can have that coaching moment and say, hey, we notice over time, it wasn't just mm-hmm. once, it was by yeah. multiple people, um, that you're not doing what we've, we've asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, yeah, any I mean, opening checklist, closing checklist, cashier observation, sales observation, vehicle checklist, um, even delivery stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Delivery is such a, a great opportunity. The customers invited us to their house Mm-hmm. to help them set up their new pride and joy barbecue. Um, take that moment to be observant and mm-hmm. make suggestions, right? Like, Hey, I've noticed your lawn is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, right. How, how do you take care of it? Do you have you fertilized? Have you done the spring fertilizer yet? Yeah. Um, and so using that form, I make sure that one, our delivery people are doing the right thing every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, are, are there any things that we need to follow up with? Right? Mm-hmm. Is there was there a 
leaky hose bib at the front that we could make a call and say, hey, my delivery guy noticed you got a water leak. Do you want mm-hmm. some help fixing that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which ties into our, our, our we're, we're launching a handyman venture uh, just launched in January. So we'll be able to actually proactively go out and help customers right. with home improvement needs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Eric, so I, you know, we talked about your culture, talked about technology and uh, just me, there's tons of other areas of your company that I think are really cool, but I would love to hear from you. Like, what are some of the other things from your perspective that make Hassett Hardware successful and special? Um, Yeah, I have thought about uh, that a lot because um, that that can be hard to define, right? We mm-hmm. we definitely, I think our organization, and this starts with me, but but is a big piece of everybody on my leadership team, and it's something that we even are talking about in day one orientation with staff. Um, we are very open minded and and change oriented. Now, I don't okay. like changing just for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. But I also despise the thought of doing something because that's the way we've always done it. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a dangerous word. So, um, what I think is special for us is our culture mm-hmm. and that commitment to it. Um, and I, I think it's easier to explain it. Let, let me just tell you a. It's not a super short story, but a, a, a story that exemplifies <clears throat> how our culture enables us to grow and succeed. So okay. today is actually uh, Ishii's eight-year anniversary. He's an employee that's um, uh, we're celebrating his eight eight years at Hassett Hardware today. Okay. Um, he was a high school kid. Um, mm-hmm. pro- probably wouldn't have made it through most people's interview process. Didn't have mm-hmm. the look. Didn't have the the vibe. But he walked in with a smile and a and a good attitude. So we hired him. Went through orientation. And the first day he was on our sales floor, uh, was a Saturday and our popcorn machine broke. So popcorn is a huge thing for us. We like sharing that (laughs) with the community and people search it out. Um, so the store manager gave me a call and said, Eric, popcorn machines broken. Can I order another one? I said, yeah, absolutely. I want that there for next weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, Ishii was right there when the manager called and yeah, day one on the floor, he said, Hey, can I have, can I like take that to the back room and try and fix it real quick? Mm-hmm. And 15 minutes later, we had popcorn in that store. He okay. apart, fixed the wire, got it working. And my manager, um, who was a store manager at the time, now she's my operations manager. Mm-hmm. She took a note of that. So mm-hmm. when they sat down for their one-to-one and I have my staff meet with their manager at least once a month and just do a, a check-in. Sure. It is less about, there's some amount that is about work, but mostly we're trying to figure out who you are, what's important mm-hmm. to you, what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I talked to Ishi a couple months ago because we actually put this story in our newsletter. The first couple months he met with Jacqueline, the manager, he was mm-hmm. kind of annoyed. Why does this lady want to know what I do with my spare time? That seems invasive. Right. Yeah. Well, through those conversations, it eventually came out that he loves working on motors. He has an old car he wanted to fix up and he got mm-hmm. the job so he could have money to buy those parts. And she latched onto that and said, hey, you sound like you would maybe enjoy working on still. 
So mm-hmm. we got him certified and still. Very quickly, he took a store which was doing eh, so-so to maybe a little bit poorly on still. Okay. And all of a sudden, he had a following of people who were bringing him saws to get repaired. And again, she noticed that and said, hey, mm-hmm. are you are you maybe, do you have the ambition to grow this even more? Mm-hmm. He said, yes. So they actually moved him. She she promoted him out of her own store. She sacrificed okay. a great employee and moved yeah. him to a store where we had a lot more still Husqvarna sales. Okay. So he was there for a couple of years and he took, he did a great job again, building this following of, of people who were bringing in saws and equipment. Mm-hmm. And it was um, just under two years ago. Um, uh, and now Jacqueline is in an operations role. He went mm-hmm. to her. And again, said like, hey, I really think we could do even better than we're doing now if mm-hmm. we had the space to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Eric would go for that? Mm-hmm. So Jacqueline came to me with that. And I said, hey, if he's got the initiative, entrepreneurial spirit to launch mm-hmm. this thing, I'll look into it. Fortunately mm-hmm. enough, we opened, we found a space right across the street. We were able to move. And I think... The last year that they were in the building, they did about $500,000 in total revenue uh, wow. for outdoor power equipment. Moved him across the street, gave him his own space, gave him his own mm-hmm. shop. And year one, he did over a million dollars. Oh, wow. Um, so I like to call it the million dollar popcorn machine because there's yeah. <laughs> a kid who may or may not have made it. But because mm-hmm. our culture is so focused on communicating, getting to know it the staff understanding what drives them. Now we have a thriving outdoor power equipment business that Mm -hmm. if you'd asked me five years ago, if you ever wanted to go outside of our core format, I would have said Mm -hmm. no, Uh, but we really embrace that. And and we try and instill that from day one is no idea is a bad idea. Um, Let's try it. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, um, the last time I was in my Palo Alto store, um, the cutest 19 year old, um, super shy employee came up to me and said, Eric, have you been following the cleaning TikTok trends? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, <laughs> my daughter has, but probably <laughs> not me. <laughs> yep. And uh, she's like, well, I really would love to, we've got all these new cleaning products. I'd love to make an end cap and mm-hmm. go for it. And yeah. her smile alone made it worth it because we oh, said yes. Awesome. And yeah. it you know, got on our social media and it's, done really well. Um, but I think being able, being willing to say yes and take chances and risks mm-hmm. um, and let the staff know um, that, mm-hmm. that we, we believe in them and trust them to make smart decisions. That's day one. We, we always tell our staff, uh, we hired you. Mm-hmm. Um, we are starting from a place of trust. We're not going to mm-hmm. put, you know, manager overrides don't really exist for us because we trust yeah. you from day one and that is yours to keep. Or yep. lose. Please don't lose it. <laughs> right, right. Man, that's that's a, such a cool story. And so actually I got to meet Jacqueline when I was in at your store. And she said the same things about you, like that you would build into her and she would ask, Hey, can I do this? And you're like, heck yeah, let's try it. And so that's so awesome to see like kind of like that full circle, like you built into her and then she built into Ishi, and then who knows who he's gonna build into. Like yeah. it's pretty cool. Exactly. Very cool. Um, Eric, this has been so fun. I, I always love talking to you. So um, 
So let's just wrap up with um, who are some of the people kind of along your way, along your career journey, who have kind of been instrumental in in helping you be successful. Uh, well, I, I had you send me the list of who all has won Top Gun oh, yeah. over the last sixteen years because uh, I wanted to make sure I I called out my peers. Um, yeah. I've been very fortunate um, my whole my whole career path um, mm-hmm. to start with mom and dad. Um, you know, dad had the foresight to step back and know that he didn't want to manage me or micromanage mm-hmm. me. Um, sure. but he wanted me involved in the business. So he was great at bringing me in and letting empowering me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had my mom in my ear saying like, Hey, by the way, you don't have to do hard work. You can go do mm-hmm. your own thing. So I never felt trapped. Yeah. Um, and then very early on. Um, I got engaged with a group at ACE um, that was focused on young ACE leaders, mm-hmm. and many of them are on the on the list of top guns. Mm-hmm. Right, we've got Gina Schaefer and Mark Schuline, Jeremy Melnick, I'm gonna uh, Michael Wynn. Um, mm-hmm. Those relationships that I've built over the last 20 years have been mm-hmm. hugely influential and. Whether it's um, you know chats at conferences or late night at a at a bar, t- being hardware dorks and talking yeah. about retail philosophy and um, <laughs> how we go to market, and um, my peer group has been really strong, and that's probably the number one reason. Um, mm-hmm. I've always, I, sorry, I've never considered myself the smartest person in a room ever, mm-hmm. and whatever room I'm in, there's something I can learn. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that approach has helped me. And when you do get with some of the smartest people, um, the Jim Robishes of the world who can look analytically at things, um, mm-hmm. you really start picking up what they do best and what they're most mm-hmm. passionate about and yeah. bringing it into your own arsenal. So yeah. visiting um, you know, a lot of my culture stuff I, I got from Michael Wynn and Gina. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of my inventory philosophy I've taken from Shoeline and, and the Crown Organization, um, you know, and to see, you know, Mike Bracken runs an enormous mm-hmm. uh, home center um, mm-hmm. that doesn't compare to my 4,000 square foot Belmont mm-hmm. a convenience store, um, mm-hmm. but what they do uh, and how they get their stores to perform has been, has been real influential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it is a community, um, mm-hmm. and I would not be able to do any of the things I'm doing right now without that community. Sure, sure. So, what does it I, mean I also to you? Probably to be- need to, okay. uh, and and this is probably just as important. I also need to shout out my my team. Um, mm-hmm. I very much enjoy uh, uh, having a, a leadership team. Uh, my ops manager, HR manager, my management team. Um, I give them enough space to mm-hmm. voice their concerns and disagreements. And yeah. we work through those. I never mm-hmm. try and go at it from a, like, I'm right, you're wrong. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I let them, you met Jacqueline. When she has mm-hmm. concerns, I let them get fully expressed. And then we have a dialogue about it. So yeah. Yeah. my team has been hugely impactful on growing me as a leader as well. Because again, when you bring it back to our core values, and they can call me out on something and say, that's not, that's not quite in alignment with your own core values. And I, mm-hmm. I have to step back and go, yeah, you're right. Let's fix that. Let's do this yeah. different. Yeah. That's awesome. So 
One last question. What does it mean to you to be a Top Gun? (laughs) It's a huge honor. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, I won Young Retailer of the Year in 2008. That was Mm -hmm. a huge honor to be recognized uh, then and and similar now. Again, the the list you sent me, there's some amazing retail organizations Mm -hmm. uh, represented on that list, and I'm very proud to be joining their ranks. I think the biggest thing is um, I still have not told my team that we've won this award. Um, And my number one goal going forward is going to be to take it to them and say, hey, this is your hard work. Mm -hmm. My name might be on the plaque, but, you know, what we've done with our culture, what we've done with our stores, what we've done with our taking care of our customers, that's the 160 employees we have who do this Mm -hmm. day in and day out. So um, I think making sure they understand that, we're being recognized for excellence mm-hmm. um, by all of their efforts, not just sure. mine is super important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Eric, thank you again so much for your time today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and hear about um, all the cool new things Hassett Hardware's uh, doing and involved in. And um, congratulations again on the Top Guns honor. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I get to see you in Dallas, right? Yep. That'll be great. That'll be great. Well, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it, Eric. No problem. Thank you, Lindsay.